boys kicked out. You thought you were done with the regular episodes of Breaking Cape with Badger and Barry, but here we are, Barry. We're going to call this episode 302, non-Patreon edition, and we're here, Barry. First of all, Barry, welcome back to a regular episode of Breaking Cape with Badger and Barry. All right. When you started going one, I thought you were going to break into, I think it's from chorus line, one singular sensation. I didn't know where you were going with <laughs> well, yeah, that. Kick the heels up, you know, so, you know. That's but, exactly uh, what I was thinking. And by the way, I, I, a side note, I was watching Staying Alive this morning. Uh, and uh, if you remember that uh, famously bad movie, uh, Barry, remember the uh, the Broadway play within the movie? It was called, I think, Satan's Alley. Undoubtedly yeah, would have been the worst Broadway production of all time if it had actually been a Broadway production. So on that note, folks, we are here for a special reason. In the news, Barry Rose, literally, it seems like on an hourly basis, something fucking new breaks on Vince. And this episode is a Vince McMahon eccentric uh, episode. We are talking uh, Vince, his problems currently, uh, legally speaking, uh, we won't even get into morally speaking. Uh, that's a completely different subject for a different special episode, I think. Barry Rose. Uh, so before uh, we've actually pre-recorded uh, a segment, we came on today just to do the intro and the exit. But I have to tell you, we have developing news yet even today, Barry. Let me uh, hold on one second. Let me pull up the uh, the latest news that I think I think I sent it to you, Barry. Uh, so you did, yes. The first thing we got here is uh, da, 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 today a quote in the Wrestling Observer uh, from quote one of the biggest company stars of the modern era unquote regarding the Vince McMahon lawsuit and who knew heavily implying Triple H quote he's the effing cerebral assassin. Best politicking dude in history literally wormed his way from a green entry-level wrestler into a, quote, uh, still average wrestler. Absolute top-of-the-office executive. You think he doesn't pay attention to what's going on around him? Think he didn't know without knowing every little thing everywhere in the company, yet somehow this slipped past his radar? The thing about the play, that place is that if TKO starts cleaning house, they're going to show up with a bucket and some Lysol, then realize that shit's in the walls and the floorboards. They're going to have to bring out the sledgehammer because that shit is going to turn into a demolition job. Down to the foundation, sledgehammer pun, not intended. Barry Rose, this shit is just getting next level. Uh, whether you think it's hilarious, whether you think it's tragic and horrifying, I will say, Barry, before we go to uh, the pre-recorded segment, I reached out. I have sources, Barry. Uh, I'm not going to reveal my source, anonymous Uh-oh. source. I have sources that may or may not have worked at some point within the WWE and the WWE corporate structure. Oh. And I said to this person, quote, I think Vince is in some deep shit. The response was, They'll never take him alive. Yes, he's completely effed, and I bet TKO gets rid of everyone. Triple H, Bruce all the way. And I said, well, Triple H, uh, Bruce Pritchard, all those guys should be worrying about their jobs. The source said, what did they know, and when did they know it? Johnny Ace gave up Vince quicker than he gave it to Mrs. Baba. 
I, I always love a, a little uh, reference there uh, to uh, Johnny Ace slipping it to Mrs. Baba. Uh, that w- oh, yeah. may or may not be true, although we've heard, uh, you know, unconfirmed reports, Barry. So, uh, Barry, what, what are your thoughts on, uh, first of all, these uh, news stories or uh, new, new quotes coming out about Triple H? What say you? Well, you know, it's amazing, Jeff. You you have a, a lot of experience in the legal world, in the legal field, and certainly uh, being the court clerk uh, for 32 and a half years, I believe. 33, 33, number, 33. You saw just about everything. Kathy Willits all the way down, if you see what I did right there. So well, hello. Your, your expertise. However, on the pre-recorded segment, we did make. You forgot Anna Nicole, by the way. Oh, was she in the was she in your courtroom as well? Uh, well, uh, you know, she was in the the courthouse. Uh, you know, nice, nice. But we we made a couple of predictions. One was that the story is not over; it is going to play out over the next few months. So here we are in hindsight of that recording. Check, we were correct about that. The next thing we we accurately predicted that this would go from civil to criminal at some point. And check. Now he's under federal investigation. Uh, I do believe and I'll say it. I I don't know if I said it yesterday or not. uh, Unlike your source, I I think Vince is going to be spending time in jail. I you know, if if he's going to go down in a blaze of glory, that'll be it'll be like OJ. Right. But he'll uh, he'll be on. He'll be following. He'll 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 be be he'll be in the white Ford Bronco being chased. <laughs> and chased in Connecticut, right and off he'll have tri- Triple H will be driving. It's Triple H. You know who I am. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta get an artist to somehow render that for yes. us at the moment. That's actually that's I'll gold right there. But a, yeah, yeah. This, so anyway, this story is far from over, and it is going to get uglier. And I'll tell you what, with Johnny Ace flipping which is uh, what you you texted me yesterday, and I remember going, "Holy shit." In my opinion, and this is, and I don't think in a court of law that would stand, but that just tells you, Johnny Ace, to me, that's an admission of guilt. The fact that he flipped on Vince saying that he was a victim means that that girl's text and everybody that was shitting on this girl, uh, all, you know, and I won't even get into that shit, which drives me insane, but all the people, all the single men, uh, boys, that we're shitting on this woman, saying she's money, she only wants money, and she does want money, and maybe she's rightly deserved of money. Johnny Ace flipping on Vince that quickly tells me, wow, guilty, and there is a lot more to come out. And I, I got to say, I think the Triple H thing is going to be interesting. Bruce Pritchard, and I don't know, but I'm assuming that they can lose Bruce Pritchard at this point, only because I know that Bruce was essentially the right-hand man to Vince. But with Vince no longer there, I, I don't I, I would think. But Triple H is basically the guy in, in charge of the television product now. So I don't know how they would. Uh, maybe they've already begun doing interviews, you know, to replace him. I don't know. Nick Khan is the other one that uh, nobody's really talked about Nick Khan as of yet. But I mean, Nick Khan was, you know, he was with Vince. Kevin Dunn, though. Isn't that interesting? Kevin Dunn stepping down maybe two weeks before, three weeks before all these allegations broke, which is another interesting thing. So I, I think, you know, that that you could say it's coincidental. And then, of course, there's the old adage that there is nothing is coincidental in life. So I will be curious to see where this is going. And again, this is far from over, Jeff. Well, let me ask you before we uh, throw it to our pre-recorded segment. I think during the segment, you mentioned uh, a quote by Ronda Rousey regarding uh, Bruce Pritchett. Yes. Do you recall what it was you said? 
Yeah, and I, I'm going to have to paraphrase because I don't have it in front of me. She basically said that as long as Bruce Pritchard is there, Vince will always have somebody. Bruce Pritchard, uh, and I'm quoting her on this one, she called Bruce Pritchard Vince's avatar. So, uh, and that that was a that was published a week ago, I believe. I think it was actually last Friday. It was in several newspapers, and you know that that's interesting to me about her because when they brought her in, she was given you know that was a monster push. She was given massive fanfare. Uh, she was you know she was put on a pedestal, and she left. She left, I believe, the first time to give birth. She came back quickly, but for her to make a statement just says there's something else there. I'm not saying she was sexually harassed, but she may have witnessed something. And I think it was Tori Wilson that came out yesterday or the day before. And Tori Wilson basically saying that uh, she was made to feel uncomfortable, uh, certain aspects of things that were taking place there. I don't think it was, I don't think she, or at least claimed it was direct sexual harassment from Vince or somebody like that, but she felt that she was sexualized, et cetera. And I mean, you know, Helen Keller could see that. All you got to do is turn on Monday Night Raw. You know, I wouldn't say now, but you go back a few years ago. My God, that's all it was. You know, Jerry Lawler sitting in the uh, the announcer. Look at the puppies. Look at the puppies and all that stuff. It was essentially a titillating sex show in a lot of ways. So I think this is going to get really ugly I think they are going to have to clean house. And I think TKO is going to have to say, this is not your grandmother's WWE. We are a brand new company. We have gone in a different direction. We do not want to be associated with all that's taken place. And rightly so. I mean, you know, you just imagine. You know, I, did you read the, the statement from the lady at Netflix, by the way? I did not. What did so, you say? I, I saw this this morning. I want to say New York Post, where I get all my information, Jeff. All well, I, I share stuff with you, Barry. Apparently, you don't feel the need to share things with me. Just going to point that I, out. Well, I share I share things with you privately, though. Let's be honest. I mean, if we're going to talk about Who can that, forget right? that one story that we can't talk about? <clears throat> anyway. See? So some, I forget exactly what it was, but they somebody asked her the question. It's like, considering all that's gone on with Vince McMahon, how do you, uh, you know, foresee the Netflix partnership with the WWE? Something like that. And she basically said, "Well, it's okay. He's gone now." And that was it. Basic like that. And it, it's so much deeper because there's a culture. You know, Vince has been essentially massaging, facilitating this culture uh, for the last forty years. And you don't just remove the guy and expect that life is going to be perfectly normal. It's not. So I would agree. I think, uh, you know, I don't, uh, Triple H, maybe Bruce Pritchard, I'd say for sure. I think Nick Khan's got to keep an eye out, you know, and I just wonder, I still find Kevin Dunn leaving two to three weeks, maybe a month before all this broke. That's really coincidental. I could see his name being drugged through some of this stuff as well. All right, so let's go to our pre-recorded segment now where we talk about, oh, the last week or so in the life of Vince McMahon. Hit it, Lou. All right, so Barry, at the time we did our last Patreon episode, we had a, I'm going to dare to say, pretty big news broke. Uh, You know, we want to thank the people for breaking this news literally after we'd been done recording. Oh, Barry. The shit hit the proverbial fan for Vincent Kennedy McMahon, Barry, Vince, in hot water and has left. Vince McMahon. 
Vance fucking McMahon is gone from the WWE. Before we get it too in-depth in it, just right on the periphery, what do you think? What was your first thoughts when you heard the news? Well, this would be the second time. Remember, Vince retired when the allegations. Yeah, and put, I guess put that in quotation marks. He retired. I was going to say, right. And, and the word allegations, because were they just allegations? But he had been, I guess, secretly paying uh, women off and uh, having them sign non-disclosure agreements. And that was about a year, maybe a year and a half ago when that occurred. And I was shocked when Vince came back. I, I think if you look at it, Vince came back. I believe to to facilitate the sale of the WWE, which he did. Uh, TKO is now the owners. But look, you and I, and we're not alone in this, Jeff, but you and I have been really vocal and critical of McMahon. And we have said a lot of things about the guy. He is a, you know, there was a period where I even stopped watching. You stopped watching WWE because, A, you hate it. You all, you hate the camera angles. You hate the way everything's run. I stopped primarily because I was so disgusted with Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon's alleged behavior at the time that I was like, I can't really support this. Like, this is just some horrible shit. So you and I have been very critical. And again, we're not alone in that. I think, you know, the wrestling universe, if not the world, has been so critical of Vince McMahon. But to me, it's it's mind boggling that it took so long to get to the stage that we're at. And I don't for one second think that that this is the end of it. You sent me something today. And uh, I, I've been saying this since day one. The Ashley Massaro story, which, you know, that that really when she committed suicide, it got very little play and very, very little press. And I, I think there's a much bigger story there. There's allegations of a lot of women behind the scenes, women who are in front of the camera. Uh, and there's a lot of stories out there and a lot of it's rumor and innuendo. But a lot of it is not. A lot of it is uh, has already been addressed in some form. It just hasn't become super mainstream. And it's very bizarre to me because, you know, in, in the world of Hollywood, take out Harvey Weinstein, who was probably in the Me Too movement, was probably the poster boy, you know. But there were a lot of other people. Brett, Brett Ratner, the movie director, was another one. Uh, and I don't even. Did you even know Brett Brett Ratner faced accusations, Jeff? No, I did not hear that. Yeah, so it was it was so you know because I guess maybe Weinstein was dominating, but Brett Brett Ratner faced, uh, and I want to say it was uh, fuck I'll, Alicia Alicia Dushku. Is that how you pronounce her name? Yes, I know who you're talking I, about. Yeah, she's an actress, and I want to say she came out with allegations against him, and then several other women did, and none of it was like rape or anything. I think it was sexual harassment, things like that, degrading behavior, and I don't believe he's worked since. So, you know, these are allegations. I think what Vince has done, and I think if you go back all the way as far as, you know, I'm I'm saying as a starting point, maybe the Jimmy Snuka stuff, you know. That how the fuck did that occur? And they brought this up a couple of years ago and, and they were, you know, I, I think this they were trying to prosecute Jimmy right before he died. And then I believe, if I'm correct, determined that he wasn't uh, didn't have the mental capability where they could prosecute him. And then he essentially went home and died. I think it was stomach cancer. But, you know, it, the stories that were coming out there, 
And these were legitimate news sources that were coming forth with this stuff about, you know, McMahon covering up all this stuff. And, you know, it was very clearly acknowledged that Jimmy was the guilty party. But I just think there's so much take out the horrible behavior that we already know that we have seen, whether on television, whether it was him doing, you know, kiss my ass club, but even his appearance on Bob Costas. Do you remember that appearance? Oh yes. That yeah. So I just watched that. And, that and popped up on the, my uh, news there, I'm sorry. There's another one with, uh, was the guy's Letterman? name like, no, no, it was, uh, Armin Katarian. I think that was the guy oh, Armin Katarian on HBO. And yeah. he just like, he asked him a legitimate, you know, it's so interesting when people that work in the world of, let's be honest, like fantasy as opposed to reality, and they're asked a legitimate, hard-hitting question, they don't know how to react. And Vince had a complete fucking meltdown with Bob Costas and with Armin Katarian. And, you know, you really kind of see who the guy really is. I, I interrupted you. Please continue. Yeah. No, but that and that's really the point. You do see who the guy really is. And I've been saying this and I know that, you know, there was a Netflix documentary going to come out. I'm sure now that's going to be shelved uh, or maybe it'll wind up somewhere else. But, you know, there is so much there. And even if 10 percent is is truthful and honest on Vince McMahon, it's going to be damning, like damning at a different level. And I just don't understand whether it's, you know, he has great lawyers, which I think is, you know, Jerry McDevitt, which I don't know if that's his lawyer any longer, but, you know, Jerry McDevitt was a guy, he was, say what you want about lawyers, et cetera. I know we have several lawyers in our group who are all great people, by the way. Uh, we we have, at that time, we have, I don't mean to interrupt, we, we have a few judges yeah. in, in our group, you know, so we got judges too. look at that. But I just for the life of me, I can't figure out how the fuck Vince has gone this long with all the shit that he was doing that we were aware of and he hasn't been called on the carpet. I am thrilled. But, you know, the end result is. From our eyes, Vince is a multi, if not billionaire, he's a multimillionaire, and he's in the twilight of his life. I believe he's 77. He's He could do whatever he wants to do financially the rest of his life. He's not in jail, obviously, but I, I actually think him not being a part of the WWE is maybe the greatest punishment he could ever have. Because I, here is a guy that, you know, I know that when I've talked with Jerry Briscoe or anybody, Pat, even Patterson said it, Vince works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He does not take time off. He is constantly from the moment he wakes up till he goes to bed, he is working. He has lived and breathed the WWF, WWE for almost the last 40 years literally 24 seven. And I have a feeling him not being involved right now could be the greatest punishment. Conversely, and I believe it was Ronda Rousey who said it last week and said, as long as Bruce Pritchard is still employed, Vince had, I believe she called him Vince's avatar, that Vince will still have a say. I'm under the impression that Ari Emanuel, who owns TKO, is a no-nonsense guy who wants nothing to do with this, who wants to run the company. So I'm of the impression that, you know, I, I think people like Bruce Pritchard, they may be on the bubble. There may be a early retirement for Bruce Pritchard. I can't say that without, you know, with any sort of certainty. But I, I think what we know of this story is frightening enough. I think there absolutely has to be more to come out about this. And I think over the coming weeks, months, et cetera, I think we're going to see it. We're going to read about it. 
And I think it's going to change the perception that we have on some people that we currently might be admiring. So, wow, this is uh, this is the proverbial onion that you start peeling and more and more layers come out. And there are so many fucking layers to this story. Um, this, this would literally be like a 10 part podcast, you know, just to talk about all the facets of this story and we're not gonna be able to hit them all. And, and I'm really sorry about that. Cause it really is, you know, I, I put out there other than the Chris Benoit murder, could this potentially be the biggest story in the history of wrestling? What do you think real quick? As of now, I mean, it, it's a big look. It, it, I don't know if it's the biggest. It's certainly near the top. But again, I don't think the final chapter has been written here. So this. No, no. And that's what I mean. Be, yeah. You might be asking me this question in six months and I'll be like, fuck, yeah, this is the biggest story in the history of wrestling. Sure. Yeah. Because And, you know, anytime the mainstream media gets a hold of a story involving wrestling, you know, it's big fucking shit. Because think about when when Chris Benoit murdered his son and his wife, CNN was was all over, uh, you know, their house uh, interviewing everybody that would give them the time of day to discuss this, uh, you know, all the different components. uh, And it was crazy. And this story because of all the different allegations. And, you know, let, let me just go into a couple of things that you mentioned. You mentioned the word uh, NDA. Uh, and it's real funny because there was somebody involved with wrestling that uh, famously said, uh, I never signed an NDA. And everyone shit all over that guy. And now, you know, comparatively speaking, uh, you know, I pointed out, I said, you know, uh, gee, one guy was basically accused of, Basically soliciting a woman, uh, you know, trying to uh, has the way I, way I can put this. He basically propositioned a woman who declined the offer, okay, but who was outraged by his proposition. As quite frankly, she probably should have been. And immediately, everyone said, "This guy's a fucking asshole. He should go to hell and fucking be fired." Yada 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 yada. Of course, this also coincided with, I believe, right either the day before of the pay-per-view or the day of the pay-per-view of this other company. And then all these uh, stories come out about Vince. And literally, I when I posted about it, the first comment, I can't remember who the guy was. Oh, these are just allegations. It's real interesting. Someone that literally is accused of shitting on a woman for his own okay, fucking yeah. enjoyment. Okay. What's that? That's okay. There, I was in a, uh, and I'll say it, it was the, I think it was the original cult of Cornette group. Uh, it popped up on my Facebook newsfeed today. And this is not the one that I think uh, Lou has something to do with or uh, Brian Last, whatever it is. I think this was the old group. And there, in there, there was a thread and people were defending Vince and blaming the victim. She all she cared about was that this is this is the some of the comments. All she cared about was the money. None of this is true. Why would she wait years to come forth? All the usual things you hear when you're when you're hearing victim blaming. And one guy got in there and he called them all a group of incels, which I thought was hysterical. But you would be surprised or maybe not, Jeff, maybe you wouldn't be surprised at the amount of wrestling fans, which we know is a very male dominated uh, group. They're misogynistic, uh, a, a good portion of them. And at the same time, the blaming of the victim is it, it would scratch your head. And this is why. And I had a conversation with somebody this morning about it. 
uh, and with my old buddy Nick Massey, the captain, Jeff. And he said, you know, I don't see you on Facebook. I don't even see you in your own Breaking Kayfabe group. And I said, I got to be honest, I get online and I get irritated on Facebook almost within minutes. And uh, that was a, this is a major reason why. When you're blaming the victim, you know, oh, she didn't get paid. There, There's so many layers to what happens with these stories. And when you've got 35-year-old men, single men, by the way, that are blaming a, a woman who has been sex trafficked. And there was somebody claiming she was never sex trafficked. Let me tell you, by definition, she was, if her allegations are legitimate and proven legitimate in a court of law, she absolutely was sex trafficked. So it, it's, to me, it's a horrible situation. It's a horrible situation when people start to blame the victim and actually start to defend the accuser who again does not have a sterling reputation? So uh, honestly, Jeff, I you know yeah, th this I, is not somebody who uh, had never been accused of anything, uh, and as you said, uh, had lived a uh, Spartan life, and all of a sudden this comes out of nowhere, and you're like, wow, I I wouldn't have fucking expected it from this guy. You, you know, let me let me put uh, before I get back on my train of thought, as as I post in our group and you know there are different days I'll I'll post football stuff and then another day I'll post baseball stuff and then some days I'll put stuff like with uh you know today at the time of this recording I'm doing stuff like about movies and I know that whenever I post um, like like one of the movies I got in my queue at home is a Woody Allen movie okay if I fucking watch that movie and post a review of that movie immediately immediately someone's going to say Oh, I, I can't watch Woody Allen movies. He's a piece of fucking dog shit. I hate sure. that guy. And the same person will say, well, I watched the WWE pay-per-view last night. It was fucking awesome. And I'm talking about when Vince was still in charge. You know, so it, it's interesting how people can disassociate some people with, uh, you know, and I'll be honest, I, I think, you know, you have said before, I, I've talked about like different people that like movie stars that I, you know, like, oh, I watched uh, this particular film and you're like, I really don't like that person. He, you know, they're not a good guy. And, you know, I always say, well, I kind of disassociate the movie from the, uh, the, the person. And that's what they're doing with Vince is, you know, they're, they're basically saying, well, because I like the WWE, uh, you know, that, that doesn't, you know, worry me or doesn't bother me. And I'm like, seriously, you're, you're able to watch a WWE show that Vince McMahon is putting on and, and say, yeah, this is great. Hey, uh, I'll let my kids watch this, but God forbid, I even mentioned that I watched a Woody Allen movie and people lose their fucking mind. You know, it's just, it's kind of crazy to me. So let's, uh, you know, uh, we talk, uh, I, I got so many, uh, things going through my mind. Now. I want, let, let's start were when the story broke, okay? And when the story broke, uh, the young woman whose name, uh, I know it's her last name is Grant. Is it Janelle? Do you know? Janelle. Okay. Janelle Grant, yeah. So Janelle Grant keeps copies or, or made copies of the text messages that she exchanged with Vince. And and I, you know, when the story broke, I told my wife, I said, you know, it's one thing to be stupid, but it's another thing to be stupid and leave a paper trail. You know, I mean, how many people, sure. hey, I'll, I'll give you another one, like Brett Favre, the, the quarterback. Okay. Great quarterback, hall of famer. And he made that dumbass mistake about 15 years ago where he decides uh, that he's going to have a little uh, interaction uh, online or uh, via text message with this woman to kind of proposition her, uh, you know, uh, of course uh, his wife didn't know about this at the time. 
But then he makes the ill-fated decision to send a picture of his dick. Okay, he takes a picture of his dick. He sends it to the woman, and lo and behold, when uh, you know, to quote the Zeppelin song, when the uh, when the levee breaks, uh, then. The suddenly the picture of uh, Brett Favre and his Johnson come out, and you're like, "Well, what a fucking idiot! You're you're basically trying to hook up with this woman on the side, and you decide to put something out there that can be used against you." And what happened was now Vince, uh, again allegedly, uh, you know, uh, supposedly has all these text messages that have been shared with this woman, and holy shit, uh, you know, I started reading this to my wife. And I started getting a little embarrassed by just some of the stuff that was in there. I've been with my wife for 25 fucking years. I can tell her anything and she can tell me anything. And I'm, I'm getting a little embarrassed even reading this shit to her. So as I start uh, re- reading what I've uh, got here, Barry, uh, let me just say if uh, Benji, if Antonio is listening, uh, you might want to hit a pause on this one. So this is the first text message. This is dated May 11th, 2020. And, This, I would say, supposedly is from Vince, okay? It says, I love it. That's you, Janelle. You can't get enough, can you? In the future, it's going to be so bad that you'll demand to be fucked twice a day and not just with, and it's blotted uh, blotted out, in a three-way. Why not let others see that beautiful, voluptuous body and watch you shake uncontrollably when you come? They'll go out of their minds. Then I'll find more friends and we'll tie you up so you are helpless. I'll direct them to have their way with you any way they want. Who can make you scream the loudest? Maybe I'll just line them up and have them squirt in your mouth, your pussy all over your tits and ass all at the same time. You'll be covered in cum and we'll make you eat it all and taste everyone's cum. That next morning, you'll be a little sore, but you're still going to want more after all the fu- all that fucking over and over. Uh, hold on. Let me get to the next. So that's the first text. The next one reads, regarding your last picture, you, you need your panties ripped off and three big black dicks in all three holes at the same time. Weigh up your pussy and weigh up your ass as far as they will go, but even further. And that thickest cock goes down your throat so it makes you gag and convulse as those big black cocks pound away. It feels like from the start you're being assaulted, but it's made you come nonstop. Just one continuous constant orgasm, and just before you pass out, those big black dicks squirt their loads of cum inside you. As you lay on your stomach, the cum is coming out of all your holes. I'll turn you over and jack off all over you. That's just two of the texts, Barry. That's just oh, wow. two of the texts from uh, Vince, hero of the wrestling uh, internet. Okay, now let's be honest. Okay, this woman, whether you believe, it, if this happened, this, this is someone's wife. Uh, I don't know if she is someone's daughter that is being told that, and this is from a man. Uh, 2020 was he still with his wife Linda? You know, uh, uh, and, I guess legally he was. Sure. Yeah. And so uh, Vince McMahon, of course, uh, his wife, Linda, his daughter, Stephanie, he has grandchildren, I believe, including granddaughters. Uh, I'm wondering, uh, since this has made its way to the Internet, if his uh, daughter, Stephanie, remember, Stephanie, hey, everyone, let's stand up and go. Thank you, Vince. Thank you, Vince. Uh, Shall I reread that text for Stephanie's benefit? Because that's the kind of bullshit that your father allegedly is interested in. You know, he's interested in, in watching that, and he's 
basically, as Barry said, that you know, Barry used the term sexual trafficking. Another word that could be used is the word grooming. You know, maybe that's what Vince was doing was if this was true, he's grooming this l- young lady who works for him to be, you know, used in this way. And it's completely fucking horrifying. Barry, some thoughts uh, just about what I just said in the text themselves. It is. It's 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 horrifying. And, you know, Stephanie, uh, she's got a reputation as well. Not not about this, but that she may not be the greatest person ever. But at the same time, if you're a mother and you, you know, the first off, the wrestling world is literally the most fucked up world that you could possibly be a part of. And, uh, it, you know, Stephanie's got a couple of daughters, right? Stephanie and uh, Triple H, Paul Levesque. How would you in any way want your children anywhere around this? And and she's guilty of the fact that, you know, it, there's no way I don't think she knew about, you know, the specifics of what was taking place. But, you know, there's there's been so many stories about Vince and some of them have been proven. And Stephanie was aware. And it's like, how would you how do you want your kids anywhere near this? This is the most toxic fucking thing on the face of the earth that could completely scar and ruin your kids for the rest of their lives. Like it, to me, it's, it's shocking. It's sad. And there's always been this mentality in wrestling where they view things differently. You know, you and I have spent enough time around wrestlers. They don't always see things the way that we do. They see things in a completely different light and, you know, morals, ethics, often just thrown out the window. It is a dirty, scummy business, for for lack of a better term. And I, I think in some ways it, it might be getting better. I, I, I would hope that it would be. I think Vince going out and I think uh, a new company taking over certainly is going to do it. But it, it's it's heartbreaking and it's heartbreaking, A, for the woman involved. You know, and again, so much of the internet has already cast judgment on this woman involved, but this is just, it's first off, this is a bad story for professional wrestling. This is like, you know, I remember years ago when we were doing the old newsletter chair shots, Jeff, and I, I would go into the post office to mail out the issues, which occurred really whenever I felt like it, if you remember correctly. And, uh, I remember I'm in line one day and a woman sees me with with all these wrestling newsletters and she looks over and she goes, is that professional wrestling? Or she didn't say she goes, is that wrestling? The stuff that I see on TV? And I said, yeah. And she proceeded to give me her opinion. You know, not that I ever asked, obviously, but the judgment that's already out there against wrestling and wrestling fans is universal. It's it's gigantic. And something like this truly just sets us back even more. You know, I think it's been probably 30, 35 years ago that uh, I had a conversation with our old friend, uh, the professor, Pete Letterberg, and he said something to me that has always stuck with me. He said, wrestling is like the proverbial moth to the flame there. And I think the way that he, he couched it and worded it was the closer you get to the real inner workings of pro wrestling you can become completely repelled by it, or you can be so fascinated that you're going to want to find even more. And I get there are 
there are both sides, you know, uh, there are parts, trust me that I sit there and go, I really don't want anything fucking more to do this business. And, you know, as I've said, I, at some point made the decision that I really didn't want anything to do with the WWE anymore. Maybe that was because of Vince. Maybe that was because of, as you said, I didn't like the way that it's filmed or, or shot, you know, from a technical point of view, but for whatever the reason, I just don't watch it anymore. I don't begrudge other people that do. I don't begrudge the people in our group that sit there and say, oh, I enjoy it. I watch it. Uh, and it's so good. But, you know, that's your choice. But what, you know, whatever. But also understand this is, a, as Barry said, this is a dirty, dirty fucking business. Literally, this is this is carnivals on a big stage. And, you know, the, yeah. the, the word mark is thrown out there a lot. And. You know, what they're trying to do, whether you fully realize it or not, is they are trying to basically uh, trick you with an allu- the illusion of a quote-unquote real fight, you know. And if you choose to accept it and you enjoy it, that's great. But don't for one fucking minute ever believe that it's not all about the illusion, you know. It's like a magician. He doesn't want you to see how he sawed the woman in half. Of course he didn't really saw the woman in half. He did it. It's an illusion. And you go, wow, that's really pretty fascinating. You go backstage. Hey, man, how'd you do that? They're not going to want to fucking tell you because that's part of the illusion is because they can do this and not let you know. So you may think, you know, but you don't know. Now, continuing right. with our little story here. Now, this comes with regards, again, getting back to Janelle Grant, uh, furthering the storyline. Uh, I'm reading and, you know, when I cropped it, I did not get the source and that's on me. But the story goes, in July of 2021, the suit said Vince McMahon instructed Grant to create personalized sexual content for a WWE superstar that he was trying to re-sign. The suit didn't, this is, by the way, Barry, gee, try to figure out who they're talking about here, right? The suit didn't name the professional wrestler, but described him as both a UFC fighter and WWE talent. People familiar with the matter identified the wrestler as Brock Lesnar. Uh, did you figure that out, by the way, Barry? Ooh, that was a really I did, thing. yes. Yeah. One of the WWE, yeah, exactly. WWE's <laughs> biggest names. The suit said McMahon shared the explicit photos with the star and informed Grant that, quote, he likes what he sees, unquote. After the star agreed to a new WWE contract, McMahon texted Grant in August of 2021 to say, quote, that's part of the deal was fucking you. That December, McMahon gave Grant uh, gave Grant's personal cell phone number to the WWE star, the lawsuit said. The wrestler asked her to send a video of herself urinating, the suit said. And after she did, he called her a bitch. Uh, actually, it's, it just starts with B. I'm assuming that's the word. That same month, the suit said the star expressed a desire to, quote, set a play date, unquote, but a snowstorm disrupted his travel plans. So now Brock Lesnar's name is being thrown into the whole equation. And there was a belief that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Barry, that Brock Lesnar was supposed to be on the recent uh, Royal Rumble and at the last minute was not made part of the Royal Rumble. Am I correct in that assumption? You are 100% correct. Yep. Check. So the story can now we've got Brock Lesnar's name being thrown in there. I'm sure uh, his family, by the way, his daughter. Uh, who's in, uh, I, I think she's in college now, or she's just maybe accepted an offer to go to college because, you know, it, it's like uh, the, the story keeps getting more, like I said, that that onion keeps getting peeled back more and more. And, you know, you have to wonder what, uh, you know, his family thinks when they see that. And you're like, oh, great. Now, uh, 
we continue with more details. This uh, courtesy of a uh, wrestling ops it says, as one source noted, quote, if anyone believe, and I believe Barry, you referenced this. If anyone believes for a second that Endeavor owner Ari Emanuel wanted to discover these, t- uh, this type of allegations brought forth in the Janelle Grant lawsuit, not just about a company he purchased, but a company that has been employing his own daughter. Hello. At WWE headquarters for several years, they don't know Emmanuel. And they don't understand, quote, how ferociously he will eradicate, unquote, anything that needs to be taken care of to protect his businesses. That same source noted that if Emmanuel was willing to walk away from Saudi Arabia investments years ago without, quote, blinking an eye, unquote, he'll have no problem, quote, unquote, removing anything and anyone still remaining that could potentially hurt or impact WWE's business going forward. So, Barry, you mentioned it. And, you know, let me just say that uh, it was uh, the other day that somebody uh, was talking about the WWE and they mentioned, uh, and you you brought up his name, Paul Levesque, Triple H. And now you have to wonder, you know, he did the press conference after the Royal Rumble. And very correctly, there was at least two journalists at the press conference after the show that tried to bring up Vince McMahon's name and say, do you have a comment on these allegations? You know, and Triple H immediately says, well, we're just here to focus on the positives of the event and uh, be all happy about that. Uh, Barry, Triple H not allowing any questions about Vince at the press conference. Your thoughts? Yeah, I I understand it. I I also I don't think maybe that was the time and the place for it. That puts them in a weird position. And, And what are you going to say? Like, you know, what are you other than condemning the actions? What are you going to say? So I think, you know, again, th- this could turn into a, a big potential legal issue, which I'm guessing it already has. So I think he had to be very careful. And I think if he had answered the question, it would have been something along the lines of, uh, you know, we here at the WWE want to promote a safe work environment for all of our talent, uh, as well as the people who come to see our live shows. And if anybody goes against this, you know, whatever it is, he, he, he we're going to it's the same thing whenever a fucking reporter during halftime goes up and asks somebody a question on the court, you know, like on basketball. What do you think you guys are going to do differently in the second half? Well, you know, I, I think we're going to focus on defense. They say the same shit, right? Like there's never, nobody ever makes a fucking earth earth shattering revelation in any form. So I, uh, well, I understand well, why me, he responded. Sure. Let, sure. let me, let me ask you this. So someone brought this up. I, I read this online because of course a million people had a million thoughts on this whole story. And I read this and I thought this was actually a pretty good idea. What if, and you're correct, he's got to be extremely careful about what he says about the allegations. What if he came out and said, look, I'd like to focus, but before I start this press conference, I understand that there have been recent uh, developments within the corporate structure of our company. uh, And there are things that you as journalists want to ask me uh, that I right now, quite frankly, am not comfortable answering and I will not answer because we have to let this process play out. So I know you want to ask me questions, but I am not comfortable answering them right now. And then he goes into the the WWE is committed to a safe work 
uh, environment, you know, right. do the whole, like you said, corporate. But sure. that way he says, now, if you would like to ask me any questions about the event tonight, I am happy to answer them. All other questions related to our previous uh, CEO, I am not able for legal reasons to answer right now. And if they didn't want to ask him anything about the Royal fucking Rumble, fine. But, you know, at least put it out there so that, you know, it's like, uh, hey, what do you think about this? Uh, you know, I'm not going to answer that question. You know, like it's it's the old uh, deny, deny, deny. And, you know, like don't put yourself in a position where you can't answer. Like take the lead. That's what I'm saying. And I think that would have been a very good decision on his part to come out there, get ahead of the uh, – no pun intended – ahead of the game, if you will, and – and, you know, put that out there that, you know, like, I can't legally talk about this, even though I know you fucking want me to. And as I, you know, said in one of the comments, you know, at this point, I think uh, Paul may have to be worrying about his own ship and his own house and making sure they're in good shape. Because, you know, here is something that I said, Barry, who was involved, who knew and said nothing uh, who didn't know? I mean, quite frankly, maybe there are people in this country, uh, in this company that didn't know anything fucking about this and were completely broadsided by this scandal and can, you know, objectively come forward and say, I did not know about this. I got nothing to do with this. And I am completely horrified by the allegations. We'll call them that the allegations that have been made about this woman because they are horrifying. I knew nothing about it. And I'm comfortable saying that. The people that sit there and say, uh, no comment, you know, those are the people that you, you want, well, now what did they know? And I get for legal reasons why they have to say no comment, but at the same point, you know, uh, it, it's funny. Don't be, uh, throwing all this, uh, shit against the fan and wonder why you get splatter on you. You know what I mean, bear? And I really wonder yeah. who knew what and when, where, why all those questions, as you said, is this lawsuit, you start, if they start digging deeper and more people come forward with what they do know, oh boy, Barry, there are some people that might be a little tenuous in their position within that corporate environment. What say you? Absolutely. And I, I think, again, I, this is where I think the story is going to play out over time. And, and I think it'll be one of those where even a guy like Bruce Pritchard, you know, whether he knows, doesn't know, and uh, honestly, I have no idea, but I could see him getting an early retirement. Here's your severage package. You know, we wish you the best. You've been future endeavored. You're gone. I, I think you're going to see that. Stephanie is, has been gone from the company for a while. I think Triple H, Paul Levesque would be the big one. And look, we don't know how much these guys know. I, I would think, you know, and again, I'm assuming, right? I have no idea. I would assume that they knew something, but maybe did not fully understand how deep or sadistic all this was going. You know, I, maybe, maybe triple, and I'm speculating again, completely assuming, but maybe he thought that, uh, you know, Vince was having an affair or several affairs, which I don't think anybody was be surprised. I think the level of depravity that was occurring with this, I think the sharing of her because, you know, again, I think, look, if if somebody in a position of power is aware that the boss has essentially forced a woman into a sexual relationship, is sharing her and essentially pimping her out to other employees, that's where it does become the sex trafficking. I don't think a lot of those people would have stood by silently. 
I, I, I could be completely off base with that as well. But I just think I think the level that this thing is uh, has gone to. And again, I don't think we're done. I think we're going to discover a lot more. I think if anybody was aware, those people need to be held accountable also. I would fully agree with that. There is a, uh, a saying from a, a book that was turned into a Clint Eastwood movie that I think applies to the situation. Uh, it said, uh, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And, you know, that that is what has happened here. You you mentioned the Harvey Weinstein, uh, you know, situation, uh, very similar to me, a man with incredible power within the industry that he, you know, basically ran for decades. And the fact that he's doing all this stuff uh, is completely horrifying. And uh, I texted you today, Barry referenced it earlier, the day of this recording, the story came out that uh, Ann Callis, uh, I wonder if she's related to Don. Uh, anyway, I'm a slight rib there, Barry. Ann Callis, Janelle Grant's attorney, is claiming that there could be more victims coming forward due to the allegations and civil lawsuit brought against Vince McMahon, WWE, and John Laurinaitis. Oh, we didn't even mention John Laurinaitis. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's an interesting one right there because he's essentially a newlywed. I'm going to say the last three or four years he married – one of he married the one of the Bella twins. Uh, he married the Bella twins' mother. So while this was yeah, Johnny got some I explaining believe, to do, Bear. Johnny got a lot of explaining to do because if you look at the dates when all this lines up, I want to say he was either recently married or just about to get married, and was obviously having a threesome with McMahon and this woman. So. I would assume, yeah, he's going to have some explaining to do. The story's about John Laurinaitis too. And again, speculation, assumption, right? But I mean, M Mrs. Baba, right? We've all heard that one the last 20 years, uh, 25 years. There's no secret there. And the stories of Laurinaitis, and I believe there was another issue with him a few years back, which I think is where he was terminated. And it was something similar. I don't remember all the details, but not a great guy, apparently. And uh, I, there is a fan fest. I believe it's the one that takes place in Charlotte. And they were and I, he still may be there. I don't know. But they were actually booking him. And that's another thing, too. Like when you get some of these guys, once they become available, it's like people want to book them for autograph shows. Like, you really like have some fucking level of like, you know, guys, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'll get off my horse with that one. But that was one of the mantras that I always stuck with with CWF was I never wanted to put somebody who was under the influence. A lot of guys show up. I shouldn't say a lot. There are guys, certain guys that will show up under the influence. And uh, and I'll speak candidly. Billy Jack Haynes, which I've talked about, was at a, an event prior to the one we were going to have him at. And that was a big reason why we decided not to have him. He was clearly under the influence of something. And of course, the promoter who brought him in, and I may have already told this story, and if I have, I apologize. The promoter that brought him in said, Billy's a little tired. He's been working hard this weekend and making a lot of shots. So, well, uh, would, this, so would this promoter be from the Great White North? No, it wasn't that guy. You can oh, say okay. Hannibal, okay. That fucking piece of shit. But no, it wasn't <laughs> him. It was a guy. So I <laughs> it was a guy who is infamous in the world of uh of autograph and you know convention stuff. He tries to get himself over, and his his tagline is 
don't mess with ESS, which will tell you exactly who he is at that point. So uh, he brought him in and uh, I said, what's going on with Billy? And he said, oh, Billy's just tired. Billy fucking slurring his words. He was on pills. I mean, you know, this is not normal behavior. But, of course, in the wrestling world, let's just try to sweep that under the rug and just say that he's just tired. That's the way professional wrestling works. So long story short, which really wasn't that short, I was never one that I was ever going to put somebody under the influence in front of other people. It's an, To me, it's an insult to uh, to anybody buying a ticket. And I would have never done that. And I didn't do that. So, and uh, just for the record, sweet Lou mentioning, uh, as I was reading the story uh, and happened to mention John Laurinaitis's name, that at the time this supposedly took place, that Mrs. Laurinaitis had been diagnosed with cancer uh, during this oh. time. So, yeah, John uh, being the uh, the dutiful husband there. Wonderful yeah, so, man. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, guy. getting back to the uh, the quote from Ann Callis. Not even know, not even a horrible husband, right? Yes. Like literally as bottom feeder of a human being as you could get. Your newlywed wife battling cancer, and essentially you're having three ways with the boss and a woman who's clearly being coerced into yeah. having sex. And Vince is shitting on her head. So, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, I there are people out there that will say, well, I, I love WWE pay-per-views. I'm a big fan, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, continue. Tony Khan. Yeah. Tony Khan has bug eyes and wears yeah. a furry hat on. He's a mark. He's a mark. Yeah. He's a mark. How the fuck can we let that go? Yeah. So, yes. It's getting but, our priorities in order. <laughs> and Callis continuing uh, said, quote, my office and my inbox have had a barrage of people. Excellent. Use the word barrage, Barry, our first time ever on this show, uh, wanting to come forward to attest about the culture of corruption uh, and also possible victims. We are just beginning now to wade through all this and we're frankly overwhelmed as an experienced prosecutor, the article continues, Callis knows what she will be up against if this case makes it to a jury. Quote, we are going against the WWE, a multi-million dollar corporation who turned a blind eye to what was happening there to Janelle, unquote. So, uh, wow. Who knows uh, more about juries than you do, Jeff? Well, <laughs> after, and after, what I was going to say was, you know, you talked yes. about uh, victim shaming. And yes, we do have some attorneys and some judges in our, uh, you know, our group. But how many times have you heard about a woman who was accused of rape? Uh, I'm sorry, who was a victim of a rape uh, is brought in in front of her. Uh, you know, the person that is alleged to have committed this crime and a lawyer that will sit there and say, well, uh, let me ask you, uh, what were you wearing that day? You know, as if. You know, she had a pair of shorts on, so she was asking for it. Or she, uh, her dress showed a little side boobage, so obviously she wanted to be sexually assaulted. That is so fucking offensive whenever I hear about that, you know, like, because, oh, well, obviously she must have wanted it, you know. And uh, it's just completely fucking horrifying to hear stories like that and to hear this story. So, Barry, let me just ask you this here. If this story is brought out further if this attorney is successful. Uh, and and by the way, let me just point out, uh, since Barry referenced my uh, experience in the courthouse, this is a civil action at this point, okay? Right. All they're trying to get from Vince and possibly the WWE and some other people is money. Now, as that onion begins to be unpeeled, will there end up possibly being criminal charges brought against whether it's Vince or other people in the WWE that may have been involved in this trafficking or grooming or whatever you want to call it 
That remains to be seen on how vigorous this uh, young attorney or this attorney that's def- uh, representing her, how much they go after, how much they find out about this. And uh, as we also mentioned, this new uh, head of the corporation, the TKO, you know, if, if this guy starts seeing this shit and he's like, holy crap, man, this is a horrible look for my corporation and we need to fucking shed some dead, uh, you know, dead weight here. And all these guys that have been with the company for 15, 20, 25 years that have turned a blind eye to this or maybe been actively, you know, participating, all of a sudden these guys are uh, get called into the office. And guess what? It's not to talk about the next pay-per-view. It's to talk about where you're going to be fucking working next because you ain't going to be working here in uh, Stanford, Connecticut. That's all I'm going to tell you. So all that being said, Barry. If this goes through to its ultimate end and Vince is, you know, not just civilly prosecuted, but faces a criminal complaint and is made to stand trial and all these horrible allegations are are out in the public, let's be honest, before I uh, get to the question, you, Barry, have said in regards to Chris Benoit that you can't watch a Chris Benoit match because you know how the Chris Benoit story ended. So if this does happen to Vince, will the perception of Vince McMahon go from legendary promoter and perhaps one of the, I'm going to say, if not the biggest name in the history of the business, uh, as far as his impact on the professional wrestling business, I'm going to say top three at bare minimum, Barry, does this alter you know, when people hear the name Vince McMahon from being, oh, legendary promoter to sexual predator, what say you? Or has it already happened? I don't think it's already happened, but I think we're in the infancy stages of, of where it's occurring. And I think over time, and it's similar to like if I said to you, let's say seven or eight years ago, I said Harvey Weinstein to you. Well, what would have been the first thing that would have popped in your head if I said Harvey Weinstein? Sure, Going I back, would, I know what I it would, would be in my head. What would yeah, it be in your I would, head? I think about uh, Miramax, uh, you know, uh, legendary film producer, uh, you know, all those kind of things. And what happens now if I say Harvey Weinstein? Yeah, of course, he's, he's a, yes. a sexual predator. Exactly. You know, I mean, and quite frankly, answer to your question, <laughs> uh, no, no. And quite frankly, People now, uh, it was funny, I was watching a clip last night uh, of Dave Chappelle, and Dave Chappelle was talking about how he was at an event, I think he said with uh, Chris Rock, or it might have been Chris Tucker, one of the two, and uh, O.J. Simpson was there. And O.J. Simpson said, hey guys, how you doing? And they're like, oh, hey Juice, how's it going? Hey, can I get a picture with the with the two of you? And Dave Chappelle says he turns and looks at, uh, I think it might have been Chris Tucker, now that I'm thinking about it. And he said, I looked at him and went, yeah, no, I don't think so, Juice. <laughs> You know, because yeah. <laughs> obviously he didn't want that picture of he and OJ because now yep. OJ is not Hall of Fame legendary running back for the Buffalo Bills. OJ Simpson, of course, is a guy that although he is, he was acquitted, uh, you know, is I'll be I'll be politically correct and say presumed to have killed his wife uh, and the uh, and, and Ron, uh, the guy that was uh, returning her sunglasses, allegedly that may or may not have had anything to do with Nicole. I don't really know. But the whole perception of OJ has changed. So the whole perception of Vince in your eyes, has it changed now or do we need to wait this out? Well, it's changed for me, but I, I I had a very negative impression of Vince going back 10, 20, I don't know, 30 years at this point. So when I saw this, 
I wasn't shocked by it. I wasn't shocked because it goes in line with what I thought was Vince's character. I I think over time, apparently the WWE has now erased him uh, from their history, right? That's what I'm hearing. So uh, you won't be seeing his stuff on the network. It's similar to what they did with Chris Benoit. They see this as serious enough that they have completely erased him. So I take that as a sign that, again, I think there's more to come. And I think I think when the story is written, I think just like you're just asking and just like you were saying, I think this is going to be how people are going to be remembering Vince. It's not going to be the walk. It's not going to be the kiss my ass or any of the other really terrible things he's done on television. I think it's going to be all these charges that'll come up. You know, I here's what you know. I, I think it was perhaps easier for them to erase Chris Benoit from their history. Uh, not that he wasn't a a big part of that time frame, but man, erasing Vince from your history is that's very that's gonna be really fucking hard to do. Absolutely, absolutely too. And it's uh, but you know, I I I think that that should show you with that. That's how serious all this is, that this is not something that that they're going to Vince isn't going to be able to buy his way out of it this time. That's what I'm seeing. So they're going after him. And obviously, it's a civil case. They're going after him for money, I think. But I think Harvey Weinstein may have started off the same way. And I don't know that for a fact, but I, I think this will eventually wind up going to some sort of criminal case as well. And if you think about it, this is not just a case of Vince being erased uh, as uh, you know, the boss, uh, you know, the, the, st- you have to consider all the stuff with Steve Austin, uh, that will be something that will be unavailable. All the old stuff from the WWE with Bob Backlund, uh, when Vince was the announcer, all the stuff with Hulk Hogan, when Vince was the announcer, you know, you have to basically remove all that. They're going to have to go in and have someone, you know, Michael Cole or somebody a voice over all that stuff. If they, uh, you know, and I'm going under the supposition that they're truly wanting to erase Vince. All these guys are going to have to go in and voice over those matches if they're going to present him within the WWE universe uh, as they move to Netflix. By the way, don't you know that Netflix was just thrilled to death to have you know purchased oh, that? You know, right? Yeah, you think maybe they're a little pissed off? You know, go figure. And hearing. Again, you know, like uh, one of the things I said was uh, at the time that this story broke was right when the whole uh, Kazuchika Okada negotiations with either AEW or uh, the WWE, where's he going to go? And and I'm sitting there thinking, but does Kazuchika uh, Okada really want to go to the WWE now? Because, you know, the uh, reporters in Japan, who, by the way, are even more vigorous than anybody that uh, is out here in the United States. Uh, they're going to say, oh, you're going to the, the first question they're going to ask. You're going to the WWE. Yeah. What do you think about Vince McMahon? He's going to be asked that a thousand fucking times before he goes over there. And, you know, his representatives are going to be asked there. And all of a sudden he's going to walk into this environment and go, what the fuck did I get myself into? So if he does sign with AEW, I don't know. That's what I've heard is the leading possibility at the time of this recording. You know, I, I really have to wonder if that didn't play a part in it, you know, and, Anybody in the future that's negotiating with the WWE, 
let's just say, uh, you know, we mentioned the name Paul Levesque and uh, how tenuous is his position or Bruce Pritchard uh, or anybody that someone that is, you know, going now, whether it's from, uh, you know, a guy that leaves AEW or, or a woman like uh, Jade Cargill, she goes to uh, the WWE and she's thinking, OK, they're going to do all this stuff with my character and uh, I'm going to really develop and stuff like that. And now the guy that's in charge of all that is gone, Vince. And what happens just for the sake of argument? If Paul is gone, if Paul loses his job, now all of a sudden all these people that went there because of those two guys, now it's like, well, what the fuck do I do now? You better hope you got somebody in place that knows what they're doing and that didn't cut, get caught in all the backwash of all this shit that's going on there because uh, otherwise there's going to be some people really disappointed with the direction of their characters. Yeah, and just to touch on that too, I you did not watch the Royal Rumble, but I got to tell you – Jade Cargill uh, has regressed, in my opinion, has regressed as a wrestler and was very much exposed. And I think, if anything, and this is certainly uh, unimportant in the scope of what we're actually discussing, but uh, she was clearly being booked correctly in AEW. That That's a shock, right, with all the AEW haters and the booking and all that. But she was she was carefully protected. And I felt when you watched her in the rumble, it was clear to see she's she's not uh, there's a reason she's not on television. Uh, she was just terrible, in my opinion. The star of that was actually Jordan Grace, who I think put on the best performance of anyone in that Royal Rumble and completely outshined the other women. So. Uh, so, yeah, take that for whatever it's worth. But, uh, yeah, look, you'd have to be upset. Uh you know, there there are I don't want to say that, you know, everybody in the WWE is bad there. There's no, absolutely not. People, absolutely not. Yeah. There's probably some people there that are very moral uh, that, uh, you know, this isn't wrestling like it was, you know, in the 1970s. Uh, you know, the what is it? Admiral Ben Bowen and that kind of shit that was taking place. And uh, you'd have to think there's guys there that want to come in, do the job do the best job they can do, make their money, and they want to be able to go home to their wives, their children. So they're going to be disgusted at this, and and rightly so. You know, it, it's it, to me, it's another black eye for professional wrestling, a black eye that the, this pseudo sport definitely didn't need. And all we can do is hope that, you know, going forward, that, you know, if, if Vince is guilty, and again, my gut says he is, what do I know, right? It's my gut. Uh, I'm going off of what I know, but if he's guilty that he is held accountable, not just financially, but, you know, there is there's criminal shit that actually took place here. And I hope he's held held accountable for all of that. Well, let me just say, as we uh, wrap up this particular segment that, you know, uh, I, I mentioned the, the correlation that Pete Letterberg had, had given to me about the moth to the flame kind of thing. Uh, you know, at the time we're recording this, I noted that. Uh, Today was the anniversary of uh, the loss of Jack Briscoe. And the reason I bring this up, uh, you know, Jack Briscoe, when I first really started watching wrestling, was one of my wrestling heroes. And, you know, I've told the story before about how I got to meet Jack at CAC. And I really was happy because it was an instance of meeting a guy that was a hero when you were a kid uh, and finding out that he's a good guy. And he was to me. Uh, and I'll never forget the moment uh, on the way home when I'm in the airport and uh, I saw Jack and his wife and Jack, you know, saw me and he looked over and said, hey, Jeff, how you doing? And the fact that Jack fucking Briscoe knew my name, like at the time this happened, I was like in my 40s and I was like, fuck, yeah, Jack Briscoe knows who I am, man. 
And that was a really cool moment. Was Jack Briscoe a perfect human being? No. But uh, at that point in my life, uh, he met up to the standards that I had set for my hero when I was a kid. And unfortunately, I can tell you people, this may come as a surprise to some of you, not everybody in wrestling is worthy of your hero worship. There are some people, again, yeah. this, th- this is a, a, a business that's built on, uh, you know, pulling the wool over your eyes uh, and, and, you know, making marks believe. And some of those guys uh, and women do it and they're good people. You know, there are, there are good friggin' people out there that, that we have met that in, that are involved with the wrestling business, but you know, Barry, you and I aren't going to talk about it because quite frankly, I don't want to get, you know, my ass sued, but there are people out there that we know that are part of the wrestling business and people in our groups and in other groups, you know, they, they love these people and we know they're really not, they're really not good people. Cause we've heard stories about them, you know, and, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that people choose to pick somebody to worship that, uh, you know, ultimately are, are not good people. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny. I was, I was listening to another podcast today about, uh, the, uh, it was a rehash of the Von Erichs, uh, tragedy and stuff like that. And, they were talking about the way that the Von Erichs were worshipped as uh, as heroes in the Dallas area and stuff like that, despite the fact that uh, there was all this stuff that went on outside the ring, you know, with with uh, drugs, you know, whether it be pills or or whatever that uh, were covered up that the fans never knew about. That's I'm just using that as one example. Uh, you know, your heroes are, are not always the person that you want them to be. Uh, and in this case, Vince McMahon who was such a legendary promoter for so many years and brought so much joy to uh, people and, uh, and all that as a promoter and as a character on TV, I fucking love Mr. McMahon as a character during the stone cold, uh, you know, the, that, that attitude era, that was great stuff, but you know what? Uh, I can separate the fact that, uh, that character that had so much uh, fun interacting with stone cold, Steve Austin and provided us such good television content, that behind the scenes, maybe that guy uh, that was giving us so much uh, fun and pleasure uh, watching him, uh, he really wasn't a good guy. And as Barry said, this isn't something that, you know, 77, 78-year-old Vince woke up one day and said, you know what I've never done? I've never shit on a woman's head. I'd like to do that right. with a couple other guys, and I'd like to film it. Yeah, and put it out there and, and you know, and tell this woman that I want, I want guys to fucking come in all three holes. You know, I want, I, that's what I want. You know, this is not something that he just woke up one day and decided he was going to do this developed over years and years and years. And, you know, when I was telling uh, my wife about this story, one of the things that I, I mentioned, and I go back to this uh, story, Barry, so many times is that moment in the, uh, the movie beyond the mat, when Jake Roberts talks about, uh, you know, what life on the road was like and how he, uh, at this point had gotten to where he was. And he says, you know, uh, you go on the road 250, 300 days out of the year. And, you know, you have women who want to be part of uh, your celebrity status and want to see you and get to know you and, and be part of, you know, you know, your sort of the glow of your celebrity. And so they're willing to do anything, anything, to become part of that just for one night and they'll do anything to debase or degrade themselves to become part of, you know, of you for one night. And then you go home 
and there's your wife and she's got your laundry and putting it in the washing machine. And then if you want to be with your wife and all she wants to do is have missionary sex, how are you going to go back from some woman that is comfortable with you doing something uh, as vile and disgusting as a woman on the road may or may not have done. And then you come back to your wife and you're expected to have a romantic, uh, you know, evening where it's just, you know, like, Oh honey, uh, no, I don't do that. I'm not comfortable doing that. Uh, let's just, uh, you know, have a little cuddle time and it's gotta be very difficult. And obviously over the course of many, many, many fucking years, Vince McMahon went from a guy that was probably satisfied with a romantic relationship with his wife, Linda, to a guy that over the course of time became more comfortable with allegedly shitting on a woman's head. How do we get to that point? It doesn't happen overnight, folks. All right, Barry, as we begin to wrap up this special edition, episode 302, Breaking k with Badrin Barry. First of all, uh, before we conclude, let me just say, hey, uh, you non-Patreon subscribers, <laughs> good to see you. Yeah, it's been a while uh, for some of you here. Uh, Barry, I noted to Lou before uh, you joined us here, August 24th, the last day we had released a special edition of Breaking Gate Bay. But unfortunately, that one uh, had to do with the death of the all-time great Terry Funk. So, uh, you know, we have, we have said that, uh, you know, when these uh, it, when news happens of a certain nature, whether it be the death of an all-time legend or uh, the downfall of, uh, of Vincent uh, Kennedy McMahon, uh, you know, that's when we'll come and, and offer a, uh, a special episode, if you will, to uh, to you, our listeners. Uh, I would hope you uh, would give us a, a listen to uh, on uh, the Patreon channel. Uh, we come out uh, two times a month. It's essentially the same, uh, you know, bullshit, you know, guys talking about, you know, wrestling, uh, sports, movies, television, life. Haven't done that one in a while, Barry. But uh, as we begin to wrap up, let me just ask you this. Uh, I was talking uh, with my uh, my man Flaherty last night. We were discussing Vince and all the different uh, stuff going on. And I asked him a question, and, and I think it's something that uh, maybe would be a, a, an interesting talking point as we uh, wrap up this episode. So Vince McMahon very famously lived wrestling 24-7. Uh, I believe you may have quoted Pat Patterson as, as saying that this was literally Vince's whole life. So – Vince is now out. If Vince's avatar, to quote Ronda Rousey, uh, if Bruce Pritchard is out too, and Vince does not have that inside link to the office that he can speak to, you know, and say, what's going on? What, what are you doing here and there? You know, whatever. If he's been literally uh, excommunicado, if you will, uh, to quote a John Wick line, and he does not have that source in the building anymore, Vince is on the outs doesn't have a way back in what happens to Vince McMahon. And the corollary that I drew was, and I'm certainly not wishing this on anybody, but I'm just using this in the context of uh, a question for Barry. You know, Bear Bryant was the head coach of Alabama for, good Lord, over 20 years. And it was literally his entire life. Bear Bryant retired, I think it was like 1982. And within two months, he dropped dead. His whole life had been Alabama football. It was done, and he was incredibly successful, and within two months, he dropped dead. Now, Vince McMahon, uh, what is he, 77, 78 years old? His entire life, everything he focused on is gone, besides the fact that he's got all these now external pressures on him. The feds are fucking knocking on his door now, wanting answers. All these people that has been his support system for his entire life <laughs> like John Laurinaitis 
all of a sudden now, if they're getting a knock on the door, hey, tell us what you know about Vince, and they start doing the uh, the flip on Vince also, does Vince McMahon, are we going to be surprised if we wake up one morning to see the news that Vince McMahon uh, has left this mortal coil, if you will? Will you be shocked, Barry, if that happens? No, absolutely not. There was a report that came out years ago, and it was they. It was a stat, and I, I forget exactly what it was or even what the numbers were, but basically saying that when a lot of people retire, they actually die within six months of retiring. And there's that old, you know, especially somebody that's a work. I'm not that person, you know, but there are some people that are workhorses. My dad was a workhorse. My dad, God bless my dad, Jeff. He had heart attacks, open heart surgery, horrible diabetes. He had every, except for cancer. He had every ailment known to man. This poor guy who couldn't even walk correctly, he had a limp based off of all of his health issues, would still drag himself to work because that was what was his nature was. Uh, that, that gene was never passed down to me. Uh, and I definitely don't react the same way. But I think Vince is that guy. And I think Vince is a guy that, you know, by all accounts, 24 7 seven days a week he if he wasn't you know if he wasn't working let's say he was out on a vacation which i don't think he took a lot of vacations i believe he was still working on that vacation he was a guy that was dedicated 24 7 to the success of the wwe and i think that shows in a lot of ways as well to give him you know credit in that aspect but i would not be shocked if uh if you hear that he's you know he's either died I don't think he would take his own life. And I, I think he is, uh, and again, I don't know. Anything's possible. I believe his ego may be too great for that. I don't see that taking place. But uh, I think the next the next few months for him are going to be a massive, massive roller coaster. And again, a massive roller coaster that uh, if you were on that roller coaster, uh, it would be nice to have people – uh, that you could lean on a uh, support staff, a wife, a spouse, a child that you could lean on to support. And, you know, like I said, if they're knocking on those people's doors, uh, what happens if they decide not to be that support system for him? What if he truly is all alone uh, in this battle? That's going to be some very interesting times. Anyway, speaking of interesting times, Barry, it's been a very interesting time to get back with you uh, here on a regular episode. Uh, hope you, uh, the listener, will uh, continue to check us out, not only on our Facebook group, Breaking a Fable with Bowdrin and Barry, but our Patreon episode. Uh, you know, give us a shot, and you have access to all those back episodes, all those interviews that we've done, all the stupid bullshit that we do on a normal basis that we did for 300 freaking episodes, by the way. Uh, so we hope you've missed the, uh, the regular editions. Uh, so uh, on behalf of our producer, Sweet Lou Kippelman, still with us in the city by the bay, and my uh, my partner, Barry Rose, no longer in Plymouth meeting PA. No, he's just sunning his ass over there on the West Coast, uh, you know, enjoying the Gulf of Mexico. Him, Ozzy, and the ice cream, that's all I'm going to say. I am sometimes called the booker, Jeff Bowdrin. So for this special edition of Breaking Cape with Bowdrin and Barry, Sweet Louis, take it home. Breaking Kayfabe with Valtron and Barry is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network.